Mayday, Mayday. Please come in, Mayday, Mayday. Help, help. Uh, there's no need to panic, everyone. It is Mayday. It is the 1st of May. <laughs> what are you making that noise for? Mayday? What a cringy intro. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it again, don't care. Mayday, Mayday. Anyway, it is Mayday. It is, yeah. It's Bank Holiday Monday. I, wouldn't, uh, I don't want anyone to... Well, you, I'll probably Google it afterwards to find out why people say Mayday, Mayday. Does, is today the day of international help, I wonder? No, I don't think so. No, you don't think so? No. Okay. Well, thank you for your input there. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of today's show. No, so basically it's May Day. It's a bank holiday Monday here in the UK. Um, and we've had loads going on of late, haven't we, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This weekend's just been, like, non-stop. We've had funerals, we've had tears, we've had literal whatever it was that you had at three in the morning that caused you to be very ill. Yeah. Um and you know what we said? We said Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, we're going to go out. We're just going to spend some Becker and Kev time together in a forest. Yes. So, what we're going to do today, instead of me spending three hours sorting the show out, we're going to do like around 15 minutes. We're still going to have a Becker at a corner. Lovely. Which is going to come in now. Mm-hmm. Well, not right now, but you know. Then we're going to sew on half a, a Patreon episode uh, halfway through. Okay. Um, so people are still going to get 30 minutes of things that they can listen to in the background to do with the paranormal. And me and you get to sit in a forest and forest bathe. Excellent. Sound good? Yes. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. Um, if you've signed up to Patreon recently, thank you very much. Your name will be sung out next week. Yes, it will. And, um, when you sign up to Patreon, not only do you support the show, I sing your name, and you also get two extra Patreon shows each and every week. Every week? God, that, I put this microphone <laughs> close to you because you're always quiet and then you burst out. You just, you just listen, knock someone off the bike. Anyway, well done. My point being is, there's over 200 hours. Did you know that? Did you know that? 200 hours worth of Patreon-only content. Is it? Yeah. Now you don't yeah, know no, what volume to speak at, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Hardly been criticised yet. No, I, I obviously didn't know that. No, no there is over 200 hours, yeah. So go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now, in a very jumbled up Mayday, Mayday episode, let's have Becca's Ready Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Okay, so Beck, the, the story I chose for you today is... Um, well, like you can read the title, but it's it's only that page big, okay? okay. So you don't don't need to overly stress about grammar. The grammar looks fine from a cursory glance. Right. I don't cursory. think you have. I don't know even know why you're trying to tell me anything about this because you have not even given it a cursory no, glance. No, I haven't. I, I've seen the size. I read the title. I thought fair enough. Pass that to Becca. Okay. Right then. This uh, welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Why? Thank you. Mayday special. Mayday's Mayday. The title of our story today is Experience in Mexico. Does it say Mexico? Are you are you being culturally appropriation? Do we have to cancel you right here and now? No, I think I'm being appropriate. Well, I'd, I'd call I, it... I'm, I'm having respect for the appropriate pronunciation. Or at least trying to. Let's move swiftly out of this corner of danger. Tell us the story from Mexico. Anyway. My family owns a very secluded ranch in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) You doubled down, she doubled down, I can't believe it. Anyway. The ranch was separated into two sections with a wall dividing it. One side was for the poor, in inverted commas, and the other was for the rich. The wall was also behind the family ranch house. 
One day, the rich decided to leave and teared everything down. All they left was the half-broken wall. Rumours then started that the rich left their money buried on the property. Seems unlikely. Fast forward to now, currently, my family still continues to visit the ranch, and every time any family member goes, it's tradition to carve your name into the leftover wall. Mm-hmm. But... After we're done carving our name, there's always the sound of glass breaking and then the sound of a bunch of coins clanging together. Wow. This is Repeat that last line again. But Sorry, please. A- after we're done carving our name, there's always the sound of glass breaking and then the sound of a bunch of coins clanging together. Please say, and then Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin walks in and goes, give me a hell yeah. Is that why I had to repeat that? Yeah. God's <laughs> sake. Anyway, sorry. Very unprofessional. Well, you can't just say, and then the glass smashes. But anyone who grew up with wrestling in the 90s is like, and then Austin enters. Which is not that many people listen to a paranormal podcast. Um, I think you'll find it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant. It can't be anyone making the noise because the whole ranch is abandoned. Only the family house that's been there since the 1900s is there and the broken wall. Some have even tried chasing after the noise and no one or anything is ever there. The rich also used to host small parties right behind their side of the wall and the music would be blaring and the sound of laughter would fill the silence in the night. I bet the poor were just trying to sleep. Bastards. A very long time after the wall was being half torn down, one of my family members was taking a walk at night and heard the sound of laughter and music. She then started walking towards the sound and when she got to the wall, it became silent in an instant. Doesn't make it any better that there's a small grave of a random man who died in the road in front of the family ranch house. That's a strange thing to do. I mean, is that the end of that? Yeah. I mean, it's a strange thing to do to be like, if I ran in here now and said, Beck, dead body in our path. And you're like, well, get the spade, we'll bury him in the back. Just, just bury it there, I expect. Yeah. Let's yeah. not tell anyone, let's just bury him in the back. Yeah, yeah, just just right. Be right arsed with the police. Where he fell, let's yeah, just yeah, bury yeah. him right there. Yeah. Have you got a grave in your back yet? Yeah, haven't you ever found a corpse in your garden and just decided to fucking bury it? No. Weirdos. Dun, 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 dun. That was Steve Austin's music, anyway. So someone has asked um, what everyone's wondering is, why aren't you all over there with a metal detector looking for that buried money? And the poster has replied, weird thing is that every time any family member tries to do that, it breaks, gets lost, or the metal detector's battery dies. Not every time. I mean, I'll be honest, if, if I had a metal detector and took it to the back of our fence mm. and the batteries went and it broke, I'd get another one. And if the same thing happened again... I'd literally phone the BBC and go, get on this. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't just put up with it. I wouldn't be like, oh, there's another one down. I said the BBC is your go-to yeah, for reporting. I don't know why. And they'd, be, they'd arrive to do the report and they'd go, if you don't mind us asking, what's that cross in the middle of your garden? i go, oh, we found a fella outside and buried him. They'd be like, run. I mean, so the family owns this ranch. Yes. Yet every time they go, they have to carve the name into the wall. I don't think I don't think like you'd have to write Becca forty times if you visited forty times. Well, it it, it literally says every time any family member goes, it's tradition to carve your name into the leftover wall. I mean, it looked like a lunacy wall, especially. All right, like because what about the people who live there? Becca, Becca, exactly. Becca, Kev, Becca, Kev, Becca, Kev, Becca, Becca, Kev, yeah, back. back. I don't know why the neighbour's cat only comes twice. <laughs> anyway. Mm. Yeah. And what have people said to this? Anything. I mean, it's relatively new. It's fresh off the presses. Um, the, the only other comment is someone said, weird. 
Fair play. That's Fair play. That's that's all women. Thank you. Uh, all thank you. Yeah, thank you. Out. Thank you for the comments. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, it's there's interest there. There's. You know what I will say, as I always say, mm-hmm. is that they could have, with that information, embellished that. I think they should have, because there's not. I think they should have lied because it was shit. I just saying. no, I just don't like. I don't kind of get what they're getting at, and like. Well, sometimes a list of the truth is more bizarre than. And if what you do they mean? One side was for the rich, and one side was yeah, for the poor. How did it then come into their possession? The whole thing, like what? What was this ranch that split into two? I don't. Well, you've also got. I mean, the thing is, there's weirder things than that. That may read weird to say there's a wall that separates the rich from the poor. Your your mother literally sent us a photograph of her and her husband stood next to a spite wall. A spite wall. Mm. Do you want to explain what a spite wall is? So a spite wall. It there's um, a little village just south of the Lake District, um, and in it, basically somebody built a spite wall for the neighbours. Um, so on so the t- two detached houses yeah. next door to each other. This is way back when, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, years ago. The neighbours had a falling out. Mm-hmm. And because you could do what you wanted on your land, yeah. then what the neighbours did was build, at the very boundary of their property, mm-hmm. they built just this really tall wall. 40 foot high. Well, it, it might not the, be that big. It was the it's height, higher than the house. It was the height of a two-storey house, yeah. It's like the full yeah. height of the two-storey house. And they built this wall... That so the which blocks like sunlight and everything else from yeah. the neighbours yeah. kind of property. Out of spite. Yeah, just purely out of spice. Uh, there was no purpose for this wall. They just literally built it so that it blocked the neighbours' views, the neighbours' sunlight, yeah. everything else. They would live in perpetual coldness and yeah. darkness. And because it was on their size, apparently, like that, you know, at the time Completely that was illegal. Allowed. I mean, and people complain now about what planning regulations are, but it's because of nonsense like that. Yeah, but also it's now like <laughs> it's, a, it's a, well, as your mother's photo proves, it's a tourist attraction now, isn't it? It's like kind of. Yeah, I think it's um, it's like protected it's now. Listed you now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, listed. That's the word I was after. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre one. It really is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other thing that we wanted to talk about. Fol- um, anyway, thank you for letting us into your corner. You're welcome. We'll end Reddit Corner now with a little piece of music out. Okay, thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. Thank you. Let's move on. Can you hear the cat? There's yeah. no need for that noise. Now let's move on. Anyway, the other thing that I wanted to speak to you about is we were unfortunately, as part of this manic last couple of days, at my uncle's funeral, wasn't we? Yes. And I carried the coffin. Mm-hmm. And didn't you say to someone, I'm sick of seeing Kevin carrying coffins? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, just I mean, really... I just got that broad shoulders or something. I can't remember. Last time we went to a funeral and you weren't carrying a coffin. Maybe, little do you know, I text them on the slide and go, can I carry that coffin? <laughs> Any chance? Yeah. Any, <laughs> Any chance? Give us a go with that. Give us a go on that coffin. Yeah, give us a go with that. Yeah, no, I just thought like, I'd, yeah, like an, enough. I, it's, I, I, yeah, you're frequently carrying coffins and it's, it's sad, you know what I mean? It's a sad sight and I, it's, you know, not nice to see and I, I've had enough of it. Fair enough. Maybe it's just building me up to be an undertaker. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, second wrestler reference reference but no it was from Uncle Terry he was a wonderful man um, and yeah so anyway when we when we when we done that because it was a Catholic service which you don't like because we love grief you know most people go to the creme mm. they have 30 minutes let's talk about the person and everyone leaves us Catholics what we like to do is we take you all to the church we make everyone cry then we yeah. take you to the creme we make you all we cry again, again 
But the thing is, then you go to the wake, and there's no. If anyone sees anyone upset, they get a slap. No, they don't. Merely do. Ridiculous thing to say. A verbal no slap. one's going to slap a widow, are they? Don't well, no, but the widow's funny enough. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I've said I've said it before, and I say it again. I just think two is too many. Hmm. So because you go in, and it's very emotional, and everyone gets upset, and there's readings. Sorry, and it's like a, you know, it's a this this whole thing. It's a mass. Yeah, and it's you know it's upsetting, and you go through, it and then everyone leaves, and like you're like, right, okay, you know, that's not. And then you've got to go to a second location and do it all again. It's just too much. I yeah, think I know what you mean. It's it's too much. I know what you mean. Um, like we we not laugh, but like we always talk about the build up to my nan's was epic, wasn't it? Because there was a memorial mass, a remembrance. No, mass. don't. That was ridiculous. <laughs> that was utterly, utterly. The, honestly, this is no exaggeration. There were about eight different morning events. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was. And she deserved each and every one. But the thing is, I see why you could think it's over the top. It was too. It was too much. It was like, guys, this has got to stop. Yeah, like, I remember you going, are you, are you joking now when I went, I'm going to the memorial mass? And you went, is she not getting enough? I was like, how dare you? Memorial mass. And then there was other things after. It was like, oh, just just enough. Like, there's... Oh, we just love it. So, we just love a good celebration so of death. So much you can do. Like, like stop it. It's anyway. Just, yeah. Anyway, when we're at the wake... Uh, sorry, I've just done that noise. When we're at the wake... The wake? Anyway. We're at the wake and... Um, my cousin Mark, apropos or nothing, well, no one will do pattern on podcasts, I suppose. Yeah, so not really apropos yeah, or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Leans in, and now his mother, my auntie Maureen, is also dead, sadly. Um, and she was a lovely woman, but she... He Carried le- that coffin as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, maybe he didn't. No, I don't think I did, because that was COVID. It was COVID. Well, she didn't die of COVID, but it was during COVID. Anyway, she leans in, he leans in, and says, hey, did my mum ever tell you? Now, this... Got a bit touchy for me. He said, did my mum ever tell you when she'd done the Ouija board? I think with your dad. She said, oh, my auntie Kath. Um, and it spelt out a future date. Oh, no, that was it. He started by saying, my dad, my uncle Tony, hmm. would said to me, never bring a Ouija board into this house. Yeah. So never. He said, because your mum, me and my auntie, done one with one of either my dad or my auntie Kath. It spelt out a future date. And they didn't know what it was. And it was the date that my dad's dad died. And he died young. Mm. He died like in his 50s, I think, maybe. Um, and it freaked Tony, me Uncle Tony out. And he was like, never have one in this house. And my cousin Mark, who's telling me this, is going, ask your dad. But me and my dad don't really have emotional conversations. And I'm definitely not going to say to my dad, hey, dad, did a Ouija board spell out your dad's future death? Because it wouldn't go down well. Anyway. But Mark, my cousin, was like, ask him, ask him. So I thought, I'm going to phrase this differently. Yeah. So I went, Dad, and, have you... Have and you... you were also like, how, given that I do a paranormal podcast, how has he never, never mentioned yeah, exactly, this? Yeah. Like... So I say to me, Dad, is this true, Dad, that you've done a Ouija board? I left it at that. I didn't say. Mm. And it spelt out your, your dad's death. Yeah. So uh, I said, is it true, Dad, that you've done a Ouija board? And he went, yeah, yeah. Um, once me and my best mate, Eddie McCabe, he said, um, we've done one in my mum's shed. He said he was about 16. Now, my dad doesn't... I mean, you know my dad. He mm. doesn't believe... He's got no time mm. for the paranormal. Um, And he said... Uh, like, literally no time. He knows I do a paranormal podcast. Never shared a story. Anyway, he said... um, Just him and his mate were doing it. It was a proper board, like... um, Oh, what's... I think the Folks Brothers or something. An original board. They didn't make it, they bought it. Anyway... He said, they were doing it. He said, it started moving. He said, and he looked at Eddie and was saying, you're moving that. And Eddie was saying, I promise you, I'm not, you're moving that. Anyway, he said, to anyone there, it kept saying, it went to the letter U, 
than to know, as in the yes and no on the board. He said, so it was spelling you know, you know, you know. Um, he said to me, we're like, what is it? He said, um, he said then it's sped out, sp- spelt out, Ted, McCa- uh, Ted McCabe said, which was Eddie's granddad. And then the message, one heart ache, one heartache over and over. Mm. He said, it got faster and faster. He said, and we both just freaked out and stopped. He said, really shit me up. This is my dad the other day. He said, it really shit me up. He said, anyway, he said, um, Ed, um, Eddie's da- granddad was called this thing. My dad didn't know his name. He said, but um, Eddie's granddad was called this fella. He said, and Eddie asked his dad about it. Um, now, apparently in those days, if you referred to someone as a heartache, it meant they were a pain in the arse. Mm. Um, and when Eddie told his dad what the message said, his dad apparently was like a bit took back and was like, no, he was. He was a complete and utter arty. He said like, he, you know, like he, that, that's him apologising sort of thing. And he, my dad said, really freaked me out. You know, didn't want to do it again. So I understand. Because then on hearing this, my cousin Mark lent in and went, wasn't there something to do with it's... Someone doing the Ouija board and it's spelling out your dad's death date. And I thought, well, rather you than me, mate. <laughs> um, anyway, and my dad went, oh, I don't know about that. He went, mum, and my uncle, Mark, my cousin Mark, said, well, it must have been me mum and my auntie Kat then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mark said, because I was just saying to Kev, my dad said, you can never have a Ouija board in this house. And my dad said, quite right, yeah, quite right. And I remember thinking, where's this, you know, fear of the paranormal come from that I didn't know my dad had? Mm. It was in, in a really interesting thing. Um, so what was your take on that version of events? Um, what I thought was hilarious is that they're, they're talking about this message coming through, Ted McCabe. I'm like, yeah, you know what? And he was, he was a right knobhead. Which I just <laughs> thought like, was an amazing way of like, you just know how you expect this story to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, um, and also to be fair, that wasn't me dad's taking events. That was... Someone in their family's Someone in their family's taking yeah. events, yeah. Um, but also, like, I, I don't. What I'm wondering is, who's the grass? Like, is someone from is someone from the other side coming back and going, you know what, that's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right or was it? The, I think the implication was it was him saying, "I was a heartache." But if he was there to apologise, why wouldn't you just say sorry? Maybe it was a message that only that he knew his that son would say to his dad, and his dad would get it, which appears to be what happened. So he's literally come back to say, like, Tell your dad right, this. hands up. Hands up, have a plum. Yeah. But um, it was just so interesting to see me dad, like, literally, viscerally, like, saying, oh, yeah, you don't have a Ouija board in the house. And I'm saying and owning up to, when this happened, I freaked out. Mm. You know, my dad doesn't do that. My dad, the closest my dad has got to saying, like, me me, me mum, as you know, told where I've got my interest from, arguably, is my mum's a believer in the paranormal. She believed she had lots of paranormal experiences throughout her life. Um... Lo- loads which I've touched on before anyway but my dad never asked my dad's all, always just went bollocks 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 the, the nearest he's got for saying to me something happened was once when I lived with my dad he he was genuinely a bit shook up and he went weird thing happened last night just that apropos this was apropos of nothing sat mm-hmm. there watching the telly this was when our cat had moved out just me and my dad living in the house so I'm talking mid-twenties um and my dad, we're just watching TV. My dad says, weirdest thing happened last night, you know. He said, I forgot to tell you. He said, I was sat here watching TV. He said, a big noise came from the kitchen. Um, now, my dad kept the washing basket on top of the washing machine. And he said, and I went out. He said, and the, 
He said the washing basket was on the floor. He said near the door. He said, no, the washing machine wasn't on. He said, and it was definitely like placed up. He said, but the noise of it sounded like it had been thrown. He said, like it bounced off a few things, you know, before it landed at the foot of the thing. Mm. And I went, really? And he went, yeah. Uh, and I was like, what do you think that was then? If you don't believe in ghosts. And he went, I don't know. He said, I'm just telling you. I said, like, and, and that is the, in the 43 years of my life, that's the only thing he's ever said to me in regards to anything spooky. So it was interesting hearing him saying he'd done a Ouija board and was freaked out and would never do one again. Yeah, well, he's done that when he was younger, hasn't he? Like, he was a kid then when he did the Ouija board. I can... And the funny thing, just to jump in, the funny thing was then, that during this conversation, because Mark went to me, have you ever done the Ouija board, Kev? I went about 400 times. <laughs> but um, anyway. <laughs> I mean, maybe when he's saying, like, oh, don't have it in this house, like, you know, we've discussed this plenty of times, why... Mm. You can't have a Ouija board in yeah. this house because we're far too suggestible. Yes. And you will scare yourself completely. Yes. And it'd be ridiculous. Um, maybe he saw that your mum's interest in the paranormal was like, maybe he saw that as like a negative, like maybe he saw her being distressed about something or like upset about things. Maybe he thought it wasn't a good thing. You maybe. Know? maybe. And just thought it's better to like not kind of, you know, investigate that because it might cause you upset. Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe he thought it was no good thing. You know what? It's a very, very good theory. Anyway, yeah, it was just a really interesting thing. And you know what is really interesting about it is that I was re-listening to the last Patreon that we done when I was editing it. Mm. Right, Sunday's Patreon gone. Yeah. Yesterday, the one that came out yesterday, because we recorded yesterday's Patreon on Friday before the funeral. Yes, because we knew. Because we knew. We Going to be busy. Weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, within that, you said, funny enough, isn't it weird the way no one talks about the paranormal during funerals? No, as no, I said you never hear about hauntings at funerals. No, you said nobody discusses like the paranormal. Seriously, you said nobody talks about ghosts and stuff at funerals, do they? I said you'd think that. Yeah, no, I mean, there. like I meant a, a ghost coming to their own funeral. Oh, I see. Like I meant you never hear about hauntings at funerals. You never hear paranormal stories ha- having taken place at funerals. Is what I meant. Well, remind me of this when we do Patreon because because our patrons know, but when we do. Um, we do two shows a week. One's a ramble where I just say whatever's on my mind. One is a paranormal one, hopefully, where me and Becca try and discuss the paranormal on a Sunday. Remind me of this for this up- upcoming Sunday one. I've got a book You of... remind you of that? What about your PA? Yeah. Set an alarm. All right, I will. <laughs> anyway, I've got a book on Catholic ghost stories, right? Right. And within that is um, a ghost story written by a priest about somebody like dictating their own funeral after the death mm. and being there. Right, well, there we go. Yeah, I should think so. This is what I'm after. Well, you'll get it on Sunday. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what better time when, all, you know, everyone who cared about you is there, your coffin's front and centre. If you're going to go and, you know, got any announcements to make, that's the time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I will, I, I, will, I will also admit there was a night, a real, because there is a celebratory aspect of death. And, um... There's a lot of questions to you know, like, what do you want as your funeral song? What do you want when you enter the creme? What do you want as your reflection song? What do you want when you leave the creme? What no one was expecting. <laughs> God bless him. Um, and I asked, I asked me auntie on this because we would mean you on the way back from the funeral was asking, mm. why was that? Yeah. And I asked her. I'm fine. I'll tell you. Anyway, as we sat there, as, my my, fucking water. Waterloo came on as the, as the end yeah. songs were all walking out and everyone was a bit like and to be fair me auntie and her daughter were both like tapping the foot and singing 
And anyway... It made everyone smile. It made everyone smile, which is the point, you know, celebration. Anyway, at the wake, I said to my cousin, I said, by the way, why Abba? I said, because we, me and Becca were coming up with loads of theories as to why on the way home in the car. And she went, he just loved Abba. She went, he's the only man I know. She went, do you know what his favourite film was? Mamma Mia. <laughs> she said, and he's the only man I know who's broke a DVD by overwatching it. She said... <laughs> I said, how'd you do that? She went, exactly. She said, it started like like warping and everything. She went, so I had to buy him a new copy. I was like, that's hysterical. That I said, I didn't think you could. But yeah, uh, there you go. So God bless your uncle, uncle Terence. Mm-hmm. Hope you're upstairs right now, waiting for your revision. Mm-hmm. I told her about Abercrombie Square. She went, oh, we would love to see that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, to, just to say that reference, there's a, in the university part of where we live, there's a very historic square called Abercrombie Square. Like, spelt like Abercrombie and Fitch. But because we've got Eurovision and the city's gone to town on it, they've renamed it for Eurovision Abercrombie Square. <laughs> ABBA. Yeah, and it's dead good. Yeah, I really loved it. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. Anyway, what you're about to hear now is half of a Patreon, because what I also don't want our Patreon to do is think, why sign up to Patreon if you're just going to play them anyway? And I worked it out. So the last 12 months, we've played maybe about five episodes of Patreon um, during... Well, from two a week, that's not that much. Well, exactly, that's my point. Yeah. That's from over 100. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't even just balance out. It, it's a drop in the ocean. Mm. And also, it's only half. But, you know, it's so that you get your full half an hour fix. In fact, we're already 25 minutes in. How are you? So, you're probably only going to get six minutes. We <laughs> Anyway. A Patreon taster. A Patreon taster. A titbit. A tapas, if you will. Patreon tapas. Anyway, thank you guys for allowing us to enjoy a bank holiday. Mayday! Mayday! And uh, I hope you enjoy your Mayday! And maybe one day we'll find out why people would shout Mayday in an emergency. And hopefully we don't find out today in a forest when a black bear attacks. Is that what you'd shout Mayday? If you're in a forest and a bear attacks, you would shout Mayday? No, I'd probably shout, we don't have them here. What? What? How? Would you shout, we don't have them here? No, I'd shout Sasquatch. I don't believe in any of this. No, I'd just kill the bull. I'd I'd run. I I don't know. Let's hope I never find out. Can I? Um... Yeah, so we could really do with cracking on with our day out. We could, actually, yeah. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind awfully. Yes, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind starting it before noon. Yeah, that'd be okay. Okay, then, thanks, guys. And you're about to listen to me and Becca. Okay, see you later. Bye, guys. Um, I got a Supernatural Wales book from uh, Granby Street Market when we last went, didn't I? Yeah. And that's got, like, maps in. Like, so it says, this has happened here, here's the map. You know, so you can go to right, the actual yeah. spot of the uh, haunting. That's really good. So you have the Kroglin Vampire. So I'll tell you what, you can read the Kroglin Vampire. Okay. And um, we can all learn together. Okay. It was in 1874 that the Australian brothers, Michael and Edward Cranswell, and their sister Amelia rented Kroglin Grange in the Vale of Eden. Captain Fisher, their landlord, found them to be good tenants, and they became popular in the village. All went well until one summer night, when Amelia went to bed without closing her shutters. Amelia. Amelia. She slept soundly until something, she couldn't say what, awoke her. Going to her window, she was horrified when her gaze was met by two flaming eyes set in a hideous brown face. Well, that sounds terrifying. The creature outside seemed to be human, but with swathed in shrouds. As it peered at her through the window, its shriveled fingers scrabbling at the panes. Amelia had locked her door before retiring. Now she wished she hadn't, for in her panic to get out, she fumbled at the lock and dropped the key. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Her screams roused her brothers. They broke open Amelia's door and stumbled into her room to find her lying senseless on the floor. Her neck was bleeding, punctured by what appeared to be marks made by fangs. The brothers rushed to her now-open window, but there was no sign of her attacker. What do you mean, now open? It was always open. Well, anyway. We'll never answer that mystery here. (laughs) Amelia's wounds were superficial and she soon regained consciousness, but the Cranswells felt that a temporary change of scene was needed. A long holiday in Switzerland would calm Amelia's shattered nerves, they decided, and they were right. They were clearly... They're doing all right, they're doing right themselves. I was going to just want to say they're clearly from old money, aren't they? Yeah, like... absolutely. Yeah, she's had a bit of a shock and gets a long holiday in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Nice. To calm her nerves. Amazing. I think convalescence, if it needs to come back, you know. Yeah, no, yeah we talked about this, haven't we? We've yeah. had convalescence, haven't we? Like, convalescence weekends, yeah. Where we just stay in stay and in turn in, off yeah. our phones and yeah. stuff and just like chill for a and weekend. it's needed. It's glorious. It is, it's sometimes. needed, it's needed. Yeah. I mean, I probably need, I could do it daily as the only Yeah, issue. it gets, for you it has to be a rare treat. It can't yeah, just be, it can't just be every day. Yeah. Um, on their return, Amelia continued to occupy the same bedroom, although she now took her to always close the shutters at night and to leave the door unlocked. And the brothers kept a gun handy, just in case. The incident was all but forgotten when, months later, Amelia was woken by the sound of her shutters being forced. Her cries soon brought her brothers to her aid, and Edward dashed outside, gun in hand. He was just in time to see a wraith-like figure fleeing down the drive. He took a shot at it, and the creature stumbled, but continued running. Interesting. Edward pursued it across the frosty fields in the March moonlight, and saw it enter Croglin Churchyard, where it vanished among the graves. The brother went back to the Grange, returning after dawn to the churchyard, accompanied by several villagers. They discovered that a family vault had been opened. All the coffins inside, except one, had been disturbed, revealing their skeletal remains. Opening the undamaged coffin, the searchers found the preserved form of the presumed vampire inside, with a bullet wound in one of its legs. Wow, well that's fucking, that's just tangible proof right there. It appeared to be in a coma, and nobody waited for it to come to life. Edward and his helpers lifted it from the coffin, carried it to a corner of the churchyard, built a fire, and burned it. Wow. The event was chronicled in the memoirs of Augustus Hare, 1834 to 1903, who named Captain Fisher as his source. Skeptics have remarked that there is no Crogling Grange. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, put that in sentence one of the stories. And, and that hair was noted for his susceptibility to the far-fetched. <laughs> but there is a Croglin Low Hall where a ground floor window has been walled up. Fucking hell, amazing, <laughs> amazing to go through all that. And then at the end and go, however, sceptics have argued that it doesn't exist and the fellow was a liar. I mean, there's Fucking a croglin, there's a croglin low hall though, and the ground floor window has been walled up. So why would that happen? Well, window tax. Window tax. For those who don't know, in England, um, I feel like everyone must know it because we. Why do we talk about window tax so know. frequently? I think it's because I feel like this has come up far more than it should. There's have. evidence of window tax we we can see daily yeah. on our walks. Go on then, explain just in case anyone's so not So in it. like Victoria, was it Victorian England or was it prior? Yeah, I think it's Victorian. So there are thereabouts anyway. Um, the government decided that they would put a tax on the number of windows people had. Yeah, based um, on your number of windows in your house. Based on your number of windows in your house. So therefore people would brick up windows to save on tax. Mm. And um, and that's still, like, you can still see. You can see, yeah, some of the, like, around. pre, 
1880s buildings that are many of which are loitered around Liverpool. Um, you'll see evidence of this. You'll see like one house will have all its windows intact, and the one next door will have two or three bricked up mm. windows to try and save on the tax. Yeah. So that's probably why the window was bricked up. But also, but you wouldn't you, you wouldn't do a ground floor window, would you? Why? It's a window. Windows a window. I know what you mean. Because you, do want, you wouldn't you do. Want to look out. Well, you do want. <laughs>